If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to the 459th edition of Podcast Unlocked here at IGN. Ryan McCaffrey, as always, joining you, and I say hello, of course, to the Bam Meister himself, Destin Legary. <laughs> Bam. Hey, everybody. Let's get this thing <laughs> kicked off right. Get a Boy, bam for your day. Destin Let's go. shot out of a cannon. I like that. It is, uh, we're into September. It is September 1st as we record. So it's like a, unofficially the fall gaming season. So here we go. Brandon Tyrell, fresh off of a, a long stint putting together our Gamescom programming. Welcome back, my friend. Hi, thank you. Uh, can we talk about the Bam Meister for a second? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gone for three months and you get a new nickname. What is this? <laughs> What is it this? That's not new. Or, or <laughs> the it's absolutely new. No, no. <laughs> and then I want to welcome in our very special guest from the Xbox community. You may know him from the My Xbox and Me podcast. Please say hello to MC Fixer. Welcome, my friend. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'll send you a minute ago. This is a dream come true, literally. Top five bucket list moments. This is one of them, guaranteed. Off Might even be number two, honestly. Worth well, I don't. I, what's is, dare I ask? What, what's number one? one? <laughs> Compare. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, Phil enough. Spencer, number one. Yeah, yeah. Phil Spencer. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. Uh, it is great to have you. Thank you for for uh, dipping into your evening with us. You are coming uh, coming in over from the UK as uh, we sit here at you know roughly lunchtime <laughs> over on the West Coast, of California. <laughs> But yeah, it's so great to have you. You know, I've we've been trying to spotlight some new voices, new creators in the community when we get an opportunity here on Unlocked, and uh, your name came up repeatedly. So you know, I had to had to had to take a look, and uh, and boy, you, yeah, you are you are just a. I, I love your voice. I love your style. It's very just enthusiastic and positive, and uh, it's it's what this what this industry and this hobby should be, and even. I was telling you this privately. The you have, I think, far better than ours, and probably the <laughs> best. You probably have the best podcast logo of of anybody. Certainly, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. because you've incorporated 
the four face buttons, mm-hmm. my Xbox and me. Uh, you've incorporated the uh, A, B, X, and Y, which I think is just a. I don't know if you have any graphic design background, but so that is impressive. I'll, honestly, I wish I could take all the credit for myself. It was my fiance. Honestly, we sat down. We were like, we need to start an Xbox podcast. How are we going to do it? How are we going to design it? And she was like, let's use the buttons and figure that out. And then it took a couple of days and was like, my Xbox and me, boom, works. And that's the yeah. first thing people always say is that logo is amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. If you don't like the podcast itself, at least the logo was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope you're you're uh, doing merch and do it. You know, take full advantage of that. And you got to, you got to, you got to, uh, Kiss the feet of that fiance for the, for the yes. for that awesome oh, logo. That is fantastic. Definitely. But but let's. I want to get to know. I want uh, myself and our audience to get to know you a little bit here, so we can find you on youtubecom fixer. You've yep. got the My Xbox and Me podcast. Yeah. What's you know what got you into Xbox? How long have you been doing your podcast? I know you stream as well. Yeah. Just yeah, give us a little bit of introduction to the world of MC Fixer. Yeah, so I started playing Xbox the 360, and honestly, Fight Night. Everyone remember Fight Night when that game came out and those yeah. graphics? Round and round. I was like, oh my goodness, this is the console for me. It did help that obviously the PlayStation was excessively priced, um, and I was just like, you know what, this is, this is the console for me. This is the console that I'm going to play on. This is the console I'm going to buy on every single day playing it day in day out i play a lot of sports games so obviously fifa over here is humongous playing that play nfl um and honestly it was i didn't quite get into like online gaming until very late on compared to most people when i have that conversation with people everyone's like oh, i know about obviously igm from this day or i know about and i was like we didn't have the internet i grew up kind of poor so uh, my mom couldn't afford the internet at the time and i was like Okay, I'm just going to make the best of this. I re- the first online experience I remember having was Gears of War, obviously. Nice. And Gears has stuck with me ever since. I took my gigantic TV from my bedroom downstairs because the modem was downstairs by the time we got it. So I didn't have an Ethernet cable to go up. Sitting in the front room and just bouncing off walls playing Gears of War like, oh my goodness, what is this world? I'm playing with people from all over the world and it's a totally different experience. And that was kind of the moment for me that clicked of like this is it this is this is the system for me and this is something i'm gonna love doing for the rest of my life and what's uh what are some of your favorite xbox games now in in the present day um this generation was really hard wasn't it for us let's be honest with you let's be honest this gen so gears of war still sticks with me every single day of the week i still say that sunset overdrive is probably the best xbox one exclusive on the console bar correct none, in my correct opinion. answer um, it's so sad to see where the, where the team has now gone and that we will never get a sunset too, but that's what happens in life. But um, yeah, that again, a lot of sports games. I play a lot of Call of Duty at the moment. Warzone is like my day in, day out. I'm playing like, like five to six hours a day on stream and uh, trying to get those dubs every single day. It's hard. It's hard. But yeah, that um, I'm not the biggest Halo guy. And then we're going to talk about Halo very, very soon. And we will. Like, people keep screaming at me, like, play Halo again. I've played every single one of them. I've played them all, but they never sort of got me the way Gears of War got. Gears yeah, is my series. Gears yeah. is my series. I love Tactics this year. That was the game I was like, when, I was, when it first got announced, I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure if this is going to work. And then you play it and you're like, it's really, really good. A little bit long the tooth with its uh, side side missions. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fantastic game to play. And obviously Game Pass makes everything that much easier to get to. So yeah. 
All right, so MC, before we get on with the uh, world of Xbox news this week, just tell me real quick, like, what goes on on my Xbox and me every week? What are you up to? Yeah, we're sort of, we've been doing it, so we've been doing it so long now, five years, that we're kind of in this position right now where it's like, do we do news? Do we just do opinions on news? So right now, we currently cover the news each week, very yeah. much like you guys, then give our opinions. But we're kind of transitioning to a new place where it's like, we're just going to do sort of headlines and then just rift off of that. But... It's been a change. I've had so many co-hosts over the time. Again, it's so hard to do this full time when you're the one full time and then you find other people that want it as bad as you do. Again, when you're grinding day in, day out, you need to find a team around you that is like, yes, I want this every single week. And I found that with my co-host now, shout out to Crash. Um, we've been doing it for now for about six months together. And I really feel like we found a flow of comedy alongside some serious news and obviously just loving xbox to the best of our ability obviously very critical at times as well because that's what it, that's what it's like to be in a in an ecosystem i don't love off a, a plastic box again i will i will call out a company if they're doing something wrong that's yeah, very absolutely. much who i am i'm very much if you're doing something wrong or doing something i dislike i'm going to say that i'm not someone that sits on the fence and doesn't say oh they're gonna get it right next time no i'm that isn't right i don't like this and we go on from there. But yeah, my Xbox and me is just come two friends coming together, talking Xbox and just trying to have a good time, honestly. Love it. All right. So you're at MC Fixer on Twitter. We've That's got correct. YouTube.com slash MC Fixer. And do yep. you have do you have MC slash MC Fixer Fixer, excuse me, on Twitch as well? Of course. I'm branded. I've been oh, MC yeah. Fixer since you I was got twelve. It. You got it. <laughs> well, good. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you here. And we've got plenty to talk about uh, before we jump into our main topic this week, which is once again, Halo Infinite. I just wanted to give mention, I mean, we talk about calling out the good and the bad with Microsoft. I'm with you 100% yep. on that. Uh, we definitely need to call out the good of another, yet another new first party Xbox Game Studios release this week. Tell me why. Uh, episode it's going to be it's three parts total and they're just releasing a week apart so if you're waiting till all three are out that's totally fine but uh the first episode is up now and i believe i guess maybe by the time some of you hear this episode two is up but tell me why right there uh very a very intriguing narrative game i actually still have to dive into it I'm, i think i'm gonna wait till all three are out and then i'm just gonna to do all uh, just binge it myself but Take a look at that if uh, if you need another exclusive game on your Xbox. All right, let's move on with the news proper, and we start Destin Legary with Halo Infinite. Yeah. Joseph Staten, a man that you oh. are well familiar with as both a Halo and a Destiny fan, uh, because he has he has had his his fingers in both of those pies. Mm -hmm. Joseph Staten, the longtime, I mean, up until. 343 and Microsoft acquired Halo. Joseph Staten was the person that was in charge of the Halo universe. He was the head writer on all the games, the infamously the voice of the grunts, uh, which <laughs> he might still do, actually. I'd have to go back and check on that. But anyway, Joseph Staten, who has, uh, has been away from Halo for some time, he has returned and will now lead he'll be the project lead on halo infinite's campaign for the rest of the way for however long uh, is left in this project before it ships halo waypoint announcing we're excited to announce that our old friend joseph staten will be returning home to halo for a bit 
After helping launch Tell Me Why, he'll be coming on board as project lead for campaign as we push towards our 2021 release. The team has been working hard realizing our vision for campaign, and we're happy to have Joseph's help to get it to the finish line. For those of you who don't know Joseph Staten, he wore many hats while working at Bungie for all of their Halo titles and even Destiny before joining the Xbox Game Studios family in 2014. If you enjoy Halo's storylines, characters, and overall universe, he's definitely one of the key people you have to thank. As product lead on Halo Infinite, however, Joseph will be focused on supporting the campaign team's existing talented creative leaders and ensuring they have everything they need to create an awesome Halo game. His return to the franchise excites me, and we're all looking forward to having him on board. Well, Destin, I'm going to go your way first here uh, because you, I know we, you, we've been talking about this for months. Halo obviously has been very much in the news over the last month. What are your thoughts here? Joseph Staten coming back in and being inserted as a in a lead role on Halo at this stage of the game. Yeah, I think it's it's a positive. It's a little. It's going to be really interesting this close. Like I think the campaign's probably locked in already, and the campaign wasn't what people seem to be concerned about. Like, the direction that they were going already seemed very, very strong. Uh, it's great to know that he's back. And you were just talking about Tell Me Why. I believe he he's going from Tell Me Why onto Halo Infinite. So, uh, you know, just smart use of his talents. I'm kind of surprised he wasn't uh, more hands-on with Halo Infinite earlier on. Maybe he was. We don't know. But it's good to have him in a leadership position. But honestly, the the team internally listening to your description that needs more help is the, the technological side of things with, uh, with the game. I, I don't think anybody was like, I'm super concerned about the campaign and the storytelling that we've seen in this trailer. Uh, that was actually one of the more compelling angles. So I'm glad Joseph will be in there. He'll be you know, helping the narrative team really, really lock in that story and maybe maybe even flesh it out more. Like, we'll see. Time will tell. Positive. Oh, overall ahead. positive. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it's the team that needed the help. <laughs> MC, I'm curious to hear your perspective yeah. on this because you just said you haven't been a big Halo guy in, yeah. your, in your time uh, in the Xbox ecosystem. You've, your Gears is your jam, but... You know, so so in a sense, Halo Infinite is kind of aimed at you as as this sort of spiritual reboot, kind of a do over, maybe bring in some new people with a new vision, new fans. So how have you been feeling as as someone again, like you're you're kind of you're not emotionally invested in Halo the way not that I am. Not so yeah, how how have you been feeling about about everything that's been going on with infinite and how do you feel about about this uh halo veteran coming back into the fold obviously having somebody come back in the fold that is is known to be around the ip to be around that that game is iconic i know the name you know what i mean and that's that's the most important thing when you know names in this industry you know they are they're about they know what they're doing at the end of the day this team clearly needs a little bit of help in certain regards i don't know if it's management or whatnot i don't know how to make games i'm just a dum-dum on the internet so for me it's like with halo with what they've shown though i was really excited it was one of those things where i was like i watched it i was excited yeah graphically it didn't look amazing but I was still like, oh, this looks interesting. This seems like the perfect jumping in point for me, a new fan. I can finally get excited about Halo with everybody else. I look outside, everyone's not excited. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not going out there. I'm not going out there, no way. Um, but yeah, for me, it's anything that's going to make the game better. 
Delay games, that's what's got to be done at the end of the day. It needs to be delayed. Let's get the right people in. Let's manage it properly. Let's make this the best Halo game it can be. I've heard so many great things about multiplayer in Halo for years and years and years, except for four. Um, but beyond that, I'm like, okay, now I want to be sold on the story. I want Halo to be my next Gears of War. I want Halo to have sold it to me. And they did a good job at the start there, but it's where do we go from here at the end of the day? Well said. Brandon Tyrell, you, okay. uh, you're, you're with me in the Halo <clears throat> boat. So we're, you know, and I haven't heard from you in a while. So, yeah, what do you make of this? Joseph coming back <laughs> on here in August, at the end, of the end of August of 2020, when they were supposed to originally ship in November of 2020. Yeah. I mean, I, ostensibly, I guess sort of on the outside, I, I, it's a good thing, right? I mean, games are hard to make. Um, there are a lot of elements of game development that are sort of intangible, right? That just come with experience and understanding. Right. So getting somebody who has shipped a ton of games, who knows the franchise front to back, who's been in this space and in this industry forever, um, bringing them into, and I think the important distinction is that he's not taking over anything. He's he's helping the already established project leads and creative leads on there. Um, and what I think what he's bringing to the table is his experience, his understanding of like, okay, we can do this, we can move that, we can maybe omit this, take this shortcut, cut this out, we don't need that. Um, just sort of help, you know, project management and product management is all about just making sure all the pieces fit together and getting there as efficiently as possible. And I think that's what he's going to bring. It's it, it, and it, he doesn't need to be involved in the story or you know the engineering. It's it's why you see creative directors um, on video games come from all different kinds of backgrounds because at some point you stop just being an artist or an engineer or a designer, uh, and you start understanding sort of the ones and the zeros of game development, and that you know qualifies you to be able to run a team and lead a project. Um, you know, we've seen it over and over. Look what uh, Bioware did with Anthem, right? They brought in Mark Darrow from the Dragon Age team to help EP that that side and bring that game uh, across the finish line. So it seems something very similar to that. It seems like his knowledge and, and his understanding of, of how this whole crazy business works and comes together will help it, you know, get infinite to where it needs to be, hopefully by next fall. I'm, I'm hoping that's when the delay is till. Um, but we'll see. I think everybody understands how important this game is for the Halo franchise. Uh, it's, you know, as MC said, coming off of five and, you know, some of the troubles with multiplayer on four. Um, this is the big one for Halo, right? Like this, this is sort of maybe the last chance um, for people to look at Halo as a top tier franchise. So um, I think they're taking it seriously and bringing on someone like, you know, Joseph is, is only going to help the project. Well, I think you raise a really good point about project management because the, what occurred to me as you were talking there is I was thinking back about, I was thinking back on Joseph's history with Halo and it goes all the way back. And, you know, the people might wonder, including me, I was like, you sit there and wonder, okay, well, what sort of change can Joseph Staten actually affect when there's maybe another year to go if they mm -hmm. delete it, uh, delete it, <laughs> if they delay it that far? But, uh, then I think back on Joseph's history and Halo 1 and Halo 2 were notoriously just infamous yeah. for, they kind of not started over, but like they really, the last year of both of those projects was a huge sprint. In some case, like in Halo 2's, in Halo 2's case, it 
it was a, kind of a half do-over. You know, the, yeah. the, it almost the killed E3, the team too, yeah. Right, the infamous E3 2003 campaign demo that never made it into the final game. Like, right. they really did uh, kind of made make huge pushes at Bungie on those first two Halos in the final 12 months of the project. So that, I think, is where, to your exact point, Brandon, about project management, that he's not replacing anyone, but he's there as somebody who's ship two halo games under similar duress basically <laughs> you know it's hard it's difficult it's a difficult thing so um that's that's what's going to be interesting to see and and i think you're totally right that I, this i don't think you bring joseph on if infinite's only delayed a few months till or even six months till <laughs> march yeah. right like this is probably going to be now a fall 2021 game and at that point, yep. it's going to be probably difficult for Microsoft to resist the 20th anniversary tie-in and going with November 15th, 2021 as <laughs> at Halo's 20th birthday. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, if you're curious about – if you're not sure exactly what Joseph's been doing since he left Bungie, he went to Microsoft as in sort of a overarching creative role – He's he's helped write and and just do various creative tasks on things like, you know, they mentioned Tell Me Why, but his last kind of high profile thing where he was put fairly front and center was Crackdown 3, which obviously is a game that didn't turn out super well. Right. But he's kind of he just kind of Joseph touches every pretty much every one of the major first party Xbox titles. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see now. Um now, MC, I know you said you're not a you haven't been a Halo guy, uh, but I wonder if you'll be tempted by multiplayer, given how much you've heard of it over the years. And there is a multiplayer component here, too. So Waypoint, Halo Waypoint noting, in addition to Staten, Pierre Hintz, the head of the publishing team for Halo, the Master Chief Collection, will be joining the Halo Infinite team as a project lead for the free to play multiplayer experience. Hints and his team, quote, have demonstrated an amazing ability to deliver new content and excellent flighting program, meaning the testing program, uh, public testing, and substantive updates across Master Chief Collection over the past year. So um, so some, some additional team support being placed on the multiplayer side as well. Are, you, think, uh, you think you might have some Halo multiplayer in you at some point? 100%, yeah. My friends are all, every, like I tell you, everybody screams at me, you've got to love Halo. You've got to love Halo. You love this game. You love that game. You don't love Halo? Come on. Multiplayer for me is where I live and breathe, especially being a streamer. Playing with others is, is something that I do on a very regular occurrence. I have always wanted to get into Halo multiplayer. I've, I, every time I look at it from the outside, I'm like, it doesn't draw me in like other games do. But again, I'm, I'm open to it. My question would be, just to change it a little bit, would you have launched the multiplayer without the single player? Because no. I've been talking about this with a lot of people, and I and I agree, no. But I wow. keep saying, there's a why are we buying this console? And I keep saying this, and people don't always agree with me, and people get annoyed. I am I am the hardcore of the hardcore. I'm sitting here on unlocked. I am literally the number one target for this console. Correct? We all agree on that, right? Yes. I don't know why I'm buying this console. So I don't have a clue. Bring that up. Ryan and I were having this conversation yesterday. We're wondering with everything that's happened for the Xbox Series X and them not moving the launch 
frame of fall or holiday 2020. Yeah. Uh, we're sitting here looking at what is the marquee thing to get you into the ecosystem, to make you buy. I take that back, not the ecosystem. We're all already part of it. We're all yes. in there. What's the one thing to make you buy an Xbox Series X? And Ryan and I, like after scratching our heads for 30 solid seconds, we both came to the conclusion, it's Game Pass. It's the only thing, right? What, what else are they launching this holiday outside of Game Pass? And is that a strong enough argument to buy a Series X? I don't think so. Personally, no way. Like, I've got an Xbox One X. I love it. It's amazing. It still works. It's not that old in the grand scheme of consoles. I understand that we're in we're in two different places with the big two, right? That one is on a very different path to the other. One is services. One is player games anywhere. One is this is generations. This is where we've gone. But I still think you needed something, something. I'm not saying there's a plenty of great games on there. The medium to me looks amazing. Like, I really can't wait for that. I love survival horror games. I like Team Blooper. It's where do we go from here after that, though? It's for me, I'm just I'm very confused right now. Halo was the reason I was buying this console, no matter what price. And I'm still fuming that we don't know a, a price. Like, what's going on there? But why am I buying this console i don't know all right so yes clearly uh many questions left to be answered including what are the going to be the big incentives for this console and with halo to wrap that topic up what is joseph staten's overall effect going to be on the project the good news is it should be nothing but a good effect he's not going to hurt it that's the good news joseph's got a long very decorated awesome history with halo all right, moving on this week. In related 343 news, 343 has uh, shot down, in related Halo news, 343 has shot down any talk of the Xbox One version uh, getting killed, or as well as any talk of the game being delayed past 2021. In a Twitter response, 343 community manager uh, John Junisek said that, quote, there are no plans to change our 2021 release or the devices and platforms we'll be supporting, we're building Halo Infinite to be the best it can be on each device slash platform. Well, it is true that that Halo rumors have been running amok, uh, and you know it's just an unfortunate side effect of the dysfunction that let's just be honest that Halo's been suffering through uh, lately in a very public way. I mean, the thing that I feel bad for three four three because. Guys, it's, you know, we don't make games, but we, we've we covered them long enough to know that it's an incredibly difficult process, and these kinds of things happen more than we know, but that's the thing, is a lot of times it never goes public. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ultimately, it's just these things get sorted out, and they, they happen, and then the game does ultimately come out, but it's just, it's been a very public process uh, for 343 and Halo Infinite, which is certainly to the game's detriment and to, you know, certainly it's, it's no fun for anybody at three, four, three, but, um, Destin, how, how are you feeling about, about sort of the, on the tech side and, and the support reaffirming the support for Xbox one? 
Okay, so this is this is a bit of a loaded question. Um, I'm absolutely fine with them supporting the Xbox One. I play on PC, and they've always been able to support a wide gamut of machines and everything. Um, you know, earlier in the year, developers were reaching out to us, telling us that this wouldn't be an issue. And a lot of people are pointing to this as being a, a bottleneck for Halo Infinite's graphical fidelity, having to develop uh, cross-platform. I, I really want to hear something definitively about this from 343 or from Microsoft to see if this actually was a bottleneck before I make a definitive statement about it. Because it seems like people are just looking for the reasons as to why Halo Infinite looks so poor. Right. And until I have some concrete proof that that was a reason, I, I don't understand why doing cross-generational development would make that happen. Right? Is it a resource issue? Like, I, I have more questions to ask right. before I make a, a grandiose statement like "kill the Xbox One version." You know, <laughs> it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter at all, right? Because when developing for cross-generational uh, platforms, your target skew is what you're aiming for. So, if their target skew was already the Xbox One to support that, then the damage is done, right? There, right. You can, the, ideally, you target high and then strip. To go low, but if they're targeting yeah. low to make sure the one is optimized and then add on some bells and whistles, there's like there's nothing you can do about that. It's already yeah. it's already at the fundamental framework of the game is already targeted at the one. So I hope that's not the case, and I can't imagine it is. That's MC been like the big. Yeah, where are you in the whole? You know, this obviously Microsoft and Sony taking two very different roads. Yeah, with next gen and Microsoft going, you know, trying to just. Smooth that ramp, uh, whereas Sony is saying, "Nope, we're we're going straight up the mountain, and we're leaving. And if you're not with us, we're leaving you behind." So, where where are you with all this? Every time I, I try and get an answer from people, no one can give me a straight answer. Again, we know game development is hard. We know it's not sliders. It's not as simple as copy and paste. Here's the Xbox Series X version, as most people think for some reason. <laughs> for me, it's got surely it's got to be more work to develop for the Xbox One version, and then to bring it up to the Series X, right? It's got to be more work just on a, a work basis for me. I'm, I'm, I'm always of the thought of, I feel like we should have let the Xbox One die, like instantaneously. That would have been what I would have done if I was head. I love you, Phil. Don't, don't come for me. Um, but yeah, like for me, it would have been a case of, I understand why they're not, but I feel like to win a generation, but are they trying to win a generation or are they just trying to make money? If they're just trying to make money then they're doing it the right way. Support as many devices as possible, get as many people into Game Pass like we were saying, and we get the game that we're going to get when it comes out, who knows. I think it's got an, it's, the delay is going to be even bigger than what we expect. I generally believe that. So are you, are you with me on the 20th anniversary thing, or, or where do you think it's going to land? I think that makes sense. I wouldn't have thought about it myself, because, again, don't have that information to, to the brain. But I, why not? Like, I generally don't think it's going to be a, a Q1, even yeah. maybe. Yeah. It's going to be around what you're saying. It's, I think people think this is going to be a go in, sort out the graphics, and boom, we're done. I generally just don't think it's like that. No way. There's bigger and deeper issues in the game, clearly, that, we're, that I'm not seeing, but I'm just excited for video games. And that's part of the problem. You don't see beyond it sometimes. Uh, all right, now, next up, Cold War, Call of Duty Black Ops, the latest and greatest and the hopefully greatest in the Call of Duty series. We have a release date. Uh, I told you last week we'd be able to talk more about it this week, and here we go. So it's out November 13th on the Xbox One. 
We don't know yet when it's coming out for Series X. Could be the same day because we don't have us. We don't, as MC Fixer reminded us, we are in September. It's September 1st, and we don't have a release date or a price for the Xbox Series X or the PS5 for that matter. So as far as Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War goes, all we have to go on right now is November 13th for the Xbox One version. Presumably, the it'll be uh, the same day or whenever the... Uh, if it's after, if the Series X is after the 13th, it'll be whatever that day is. But all right, so here's what we've learned about Black Ops Cold War. Supports 4K and 120 frames per second on the next-gen consoles. That's awesome. But it will not come free. There will be no uh, free upgrade here. It's 70 bucks for the next-gen version, and it gets murkier than that. Xbox One purchases cannot upgrade their version to the Series X version if you buy the physical edition. Upgrades for digital editions on Xbox One are, quote, currently being evaluated, according to Activision. Now, I don't want to immediately throw Activision to to the wolves here. (laughs) Maybe there's some just technical thing that we don't know about, so I don't want to immediately cast blame, but... Uh, Continuing here, both current-gen versions uh, will be backwards compatible on the PS5 and Series X, whether you buy physical or digital. But if you want to upgrade, it gets gets weird. The Series X Standard Edition includes a Series X disc that can also be played on an Xbox One. So that, in other words, if... If you're, you know, one way or the other, you're going to pay, I guess is basically what they're trying to say <laughs> right there. But the, but it's just depending which version you buy, physical, digital, Xbox One, Series X, you might not necessarily get compatibility. So it's a little strange here. Um, but how do you guys feel? I'll go, let me go Brandon Tyrell's way first. About Dude, I, don't, I have no idea what bucks. you just said. That's I know, right? <laughs> it's like I, I'm almost done watching Dark the entire series, and I feel like I have a better grasp of that show than I do the Call of Duty upscaled structure that they're they're selling. I have no idea. Like, yeah, it's it's like the it's sunny and oh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia thing should be behind me with the yeah, conspiracy exactly. theory just board, chain right? Smoking <laughs> cigarettes with string everywhere. Um, it's it's it is what it is. I don't know. I mean, I understand their business and. Um, you know, they need to make money to support their teams, and that's that's great. And you know, they have shareholders to please. But it's weird to me that uh, a structure like Smart Delivery exists, and you're not taking advantage of it. Um, I don't know if that's a possibility for them financially, but well, it sounds like they are kind of doing Smart are Delivery. They, are they? If you buy the Series X version, right. you can play it on the Xbox, on the Xbox One. Xbox that's because the disc automatically works. If they right. could charge you for that, I'm sure they would. Literally, I am 100% with you. It, this is ridiculous. This is actually ridiculous. I thought the whole reason of Smart Delivery was to deal with all of this. I'm not saying that everyone's going to adopt it, right? right? But for stuff like this specifically, I worked in retail all my life, in game shops, Consumers are not the smartest people. I understood why there was a optimized for Series X sticker on the box when everyone was like, that looks ugly. I was like, I agree, it looks ugly, but it explains what's going on. 
And then everyone, the backlash, the hardcore of the hardcore, us, right? We get it. We understand it. But my mum, who goes in to buy a game for my sister, she loves The Sims. Shout out to her. Um, like, she doesn't know that The Sims 4 doesn't work on this. If that was the case, I'm not... That's just an example for here. This is ridiculous. This isn't like... this. To me, it's like, okay, charge your extra, but make it easy. This version costs this much. This version costs this much. Done. I don't want to hear that you can buy this version, but that version doesn't work, and this might happen. That no, no, I'm not. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. Make it simple. That's what smart delivery was meant to be all about. And I understand the way Xbox, I feel like, was marketing smart delivery was they were going to force people to adapt it and get rid of this whole remasters, and we're gonna we're gonna sort of force the industry into it, which I know they couldn't really, but the way it was sort of across, or at least the way I took it, was they were going to try their best to make this happen. And then stuff like this happens, and I'm like, you can't keep confusing people. I'm not even talking about us who's listening to this podcast. I'm talking about just the general consumer, the casuals who only pick up NBA, again, take two, Call of Duty. Like, why are you the company? And that's why they're doing it, in my opinion, because they know they have such a casual audience that are going to go, oops, I bought the wrong one. So now I've got to buy it again for people that are going to double dip. And I think it's wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you... I hadn't really thought about it until you mentioned it, but it is telling that the two games confirmed to be 70 bucks so far are both annual franchise releases that sell 10 plus million copies a year. And I don't think that's a coincidence. No, me neither. It's crazy because people will buy a current gen and a next gen version of FIFA or NBA or whatever. Yep. Um, so doing the, the super easy thing, uh, look, we all know digitally you can upsell whatever you want. So I buy game a, and then there's a game of the year edition with all the sweet stuff packed, the Witcher three, right? You get hearts of stone and, and the other one, um, you buy the game of the year edition. It's whatever the difference is between those two prices and you just get all the content. I feel like they could easily do that. I mean, I, again, I don't know how the, the digital marketplace portals work on the Xbox one. Um, but I feel like I've done that in the past, so why not 60 bucks for current gen, an extra 10 for the next gen title, and just you know buy that upgrade when it's ready? It seems like an easy, easy no-brainer, but to MC's point, people will buy the current gen version, and then they will also buy the next gen version because it's got more sweat and ray tracing and whatever happened to but be I in think that game. I think it's more a case of they don't they were only buying it because they don't know they could have done a ten dollar upgrade. I can see people buying it again at full price and not mm-hmm. knowing. My mate Mickey's the perfect example. EA Access is a thing on Xbox, right? FIFA comes out, goes goes into EA Access. I'm like, all right, we'll trade in your old copy. He's like, no, 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 uh, I don't want to. Or use your ten hour trial to play. No, no, no. I'm too many things. He's like, I'll buy my game every year. I won't. He doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to play FIFA. He wants to play Call of Duty. But I just want to make it easier for him. And he's just like, no, I'm fighting against you everywhere, every way. And that's why I'm like, this games are going to be around for a little bit longer than we all expect because of people like him that are like, I want to go in the shop, I want to pick up the game, and I want to leave. Done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you just made a pretty good argument for smart delivery. Like this, everything you just ranted about, uh, very smartly, I might add. It's this is exactly why I think Microsoft I- implemented smart delivery, but. As you noted, it is unfortunately not something they can brute force everyone into. It yeah. is optimum, and this is uh, this is what this kind of confusion uh, and murkiness is what can happen when people don't opt into smart delivery. 
As, as much as I would love to jump on the Activision's evil bandwagon, uh, I think this is... <laughs> That's not the wagon. That's <laughs> one was, that wasn't what I was saying, by the way. I understand the business perspective. I, I apologize. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. That's yeah, not yeah, yeah. my intention. But like a lot of people are pointing to this as uh, Activision being you know money grubby or just trying to get that extra money out of people. I didn't mean to say that anybody on the panel was. So sorry for that. But the... I think this is just an issue with marketing on Activision's part and an agreement between Activision and Microsoft. And they haven't figured out how to make this easier for third-party developers so that they can easily do this, this upgrade system. And Activision hasn't figured out, like, what is that cost going to be to us and, like, what would it be an appropriate charge for that? It's, it's an absolute mess and a disaster and a confusing messaging from the top down on the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War delivery stuff for next-gen consoles for both consoles. Like, it, it's weird. Yeah, right? I mean, you make a point. In, in fairness, like, it's not free for Activision to, and Treyarch and Raven, who I'm going to talk about in a second, to to just file, as, as MC was saying, you don't just go file save as dot Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War content. (laughs) And then suddenly ray tracing and all kinds of stuff appears. Like there is work that goes into it. But yeah, it's it is. You're right. It's the the messaging, it's the it's the clarity. Um yeah, I I tell you, in hindsight, this and NBA 2K are kind of uh remember remember when things were so much simpler like three months ago when Ubisoft when that when smart delivery was initially announced and and Ubisoft just said yeah Assassin's Creed Valhalla smart delivery and that and we were all like great next gen is going to be this is going to be easy awesome. it's going to be so simple but business is <laughs> not the, so simple. in the before times can, yeah. can I ask the can I ask the panel something really quick do you guys like just based on all the messaging and stuff about the frame rate and what what these consoles are going to be able to do do you think they're going to run at 4K 120 no. Nope. I think we're no. going to see something similar to current gen enhanced consoles current gen where you get to pick your poison. You want yeah. more resolution, you want prettier graphics mm-hmm. or do you want better performance? Yeah, so, so I I don't even think that's technically possible because like to do that on PC you're talking about 22080s basically. Um so it's just interesting with all their marketing because they're putting them side by side. So people are like, oh man, that's super powerful. But if you're going to be pushing up to 120, you're probably running at 1080, 120. Absolutely. So like this generation yep. of consoles is going to be super just, people are going to need to like get in the tech weeds, so to speak, about like what are you going to sacrifice visual fidelity wise to get that frame rate? Uh, it, they will all run at 4K 60, but is it native 4K or are they going to have to scale the games down? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a very fascinating console generation. And I bring this up because Call of Duty's marketing is all about uh, supports 4K slash 120 FPS on next gen. That slash is very important because it's not 4K at 120. It's maybe 1440 at 120 if, if they're able to do it. Unless it is, um, maybe it is, and they've got some engine wizardry, because we do have to remember, I mean, Call of Duty definitely deserves credit in the console space for normalizing 60 frames per second. Hey, remember, Halo wasn't doing it. Halo right. was was the big console first-person shooter, and it was a 30 frame per second game, and so was, you know, Killzone and, and anything else Sony was doing. Uh, and Call of Duty came along, and uh, starting with Call of Duty 2 on the 360, 
And it's like, hey, this is a 60 frame per second game. And that became the expectation. So, I mean, I'm not at all surprised to see them pushing frame rate because they've Call of Duty has always, always, always done that. So, yeah, you're right, Destin, though. It'll be interesting to see uh, kind of where that line, <laughs> that slash line, like exactly <laughs> what that thing means. Ryan, I want these consoles so bad. I want to put them through my video capture test. Tell us the prices. I want it pre-ordered. I want to know it's going to be on my doorstep day one so I can get to work. We'll get there eventually. I mean, how much longer can they wait? I know we keep saying that. It's September. September. They can wait approximately two more months. Yeah, if we're still sitting here on October 1st without prices and dates, I I don't... Can you imagine... Can you somebody imagine? Out there, somebody out there is going to have a super cut of us on Unlock just being like, it's any day now, right? It's got to be any day now. <laughs> and it's just, you know, June, July, August. <laughs> like, like we pre-orders are going up and they're saying, we're not going to tell you how much it is, but you can join a raffle if you want to buy one. <laughs> oh, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I know this is an Xbox show. I think that is brilliant marketing it's on Sony. Genius. Oh, yeah. Amazing. It, it's it'll make the PS5. I mean, not that it, it was already going to be this, but it it really will make it seem like the it thing to have this mm-hmm. holiday. It's like, oh, oh, I got I got in the raffle, so I can pre-order, and your, maybe your friends didn't. So, what a brilliant marketing ploy! We were we were just talking about this yesterday with the uh, what is it? What the NES Classic? Yes. How how it was sold out everywhere, right? It's an NES Classic, but everyone had to have one. Like I had FOMO. So we had, uh, my partner and I has, have a friend in LA who works at a Target and she swiped one off a shelf and held it and then mailed it to us. And that thing, I don't even know where that thing is. <laughs> like I've, I've touched it once, but the idea of you may never get your hands on one. So you have to act fast is so, such a strong urge in people. So how do you think Xbox replicate that though? Because that's my thing with the Series X. It's like, are, again, we've had this conversation, I know, and I'll, I'll keep saying it. It's like, are they going to sell off the shelves? Do you think, I feel, I feel like they're going to sell relatively quickly. It's new consoles. People like new things, right? But how do you create that, that artificial, like, oh, we must have console with nothing to play on it. I mean, exclusively first party on day one. I think Even, I love, yeah, I think I love Dead Rising. I love Rise. I love those games. Like, again, they were they were good launch title games. They they were what got me my Xbox One. Like seeing the amount of zombies on Dead Rising was just amazing for me. Again, I don't think the game was like the best game ever, but what is that thing? I'm still waiting. I'm still. I'm gonna keep bringing it back, Ryan. I'm sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's fair. I mean, it's it's a completely fair point because I think you know even we sit here as as people doing Xbox podcasts every week. Mm-hmm. There, you can't, there is nothing to point to because they put all their eggs in the Halo basket. And I'm not saying that as a criticism. No, just, I, that is the mm-hmm. fact of the matter, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, they were, they had no, obviously no reason to believe that Halo was going to end up delayed like this. So, yes, they put everything behind a next generation Halo, a spiritual reboot. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be the, the, the next Halo for the next 10 years as the, the platform, Infinite as the platform. And then the worst case scenario happened. And now there is no backup plan unless they, they're going to announce one in the next about 30 days or so. And that's and it's it's fair. I mean, I I think the the next best thing they can do is uh 
undercut Sony by a significant price, meaning yep. like by a hundred dollars. Not even mm-hmm. I don't I wouldn't even consider fifty significant. Nope. Um, I'm saying a hundred dollar if you're if you're undercutting Sony by a hundred bucks, and maybe they like throw a thirty day Game Pass trial in the box instead of a seven or a fourteen, something like yeah. that, as to to really say, hey, you know, this is. This is the most powerful console to play your stuff. Come on in. We've got Game Pass for you. And then, I don't know, maybe they're, they double down on their marketing investment with, with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk, even mm-hmm. though the Series X optimized badge won't be there. Yeah. It'll yeah. still work, and it'll still be better on the Series X than it will be, uh, presumably, on the PS5. So... Yeah, it's it's a Microsoft's in an extremely difficult position for this holiday. And MC, to your to your very valid question about how do you drive that demand this holiday, I think the the number that they've manufactured will kind of play with that a lot. Like, yeah, because you're right. The hardcore us, we're gonna buy one because we're yeah. in it for the long term and we want the shiny new toy right on day one, but whether or not the the second shipment like first shipment's going to sell out no matter what mm. but what happens with that second shipment and how do you you know will are those going to be just readily available on store shelves or will they price it aggressively and people will will keep snapping them up it's you're right that's going to be really really interesting to see yeah and and your question is what do they have they don't have anything is the answer game pass is not a console mover and that is that's really a concerning position that I see Xbox in right now because they're going up against Sony and the PlayStation 5 that has Spider-Man. Regardless of what you think about about that, it's Spider-Man. That is a console mover. Demon's Souls, right? Potentially a launch window game. And Ratchet & Clank, which is a launch window game, regardless of how long that is. Those are three mega punches right in Xbox's gut. And Xbox needs to come back swinging with something. Well, right now, we don't have a we don't have a punch. We don't have a counterpunch. That's the problem. Is like there is no counterpunch, and from everything that we know, it doesn't seem like there's a counterpunch in launch window. So Ryan is 100 percent right. I think the only way that you compete with the PS5 this season, this holiday season, and specifically to that small window, because remember, Halo is the Halo Infinite is the next 10 years of Halo. We have a long generation to go after this, but this launch window is going to be brutal. So you undercut Sony and then you push Game Pass really hard. So when MC's mom goes to the store to buy a, a console for his sister, she sees Oh, this one is a is is a hundred dollars cheaper or a hundred pounds cheaper, uh, and it's got it says here it's got a thousand games that you can play right now on it with something called Game Pass. Like that is yeah. the marketing angle that they need to, mm-hmm. to to push. It's cheaper and you can play more. It's not Ratchet and Clank, but nobody's mom knows what Ratchet and Clank is really, right? I mean, exceptions of course. I totally get what you're saying. I think it's the price point. The price point is absolutely key, and I agree with you, Ryan. Fifty dollars is nothing. I'll pay the $50 over just to get the one that I actually want. $100, though, now we're talking. Now I'm like, oh, $100 gets me this. I can buy a pair of trainers as well as. Like, those are the, the conversations you've got to have, really, for the people that are not in it the way we are. It's like $100 is a lot, a lot of money. to Even to me as well, let me tell you. Anyone want to give me $100? I'll take it. Like, anyone? But it's like, for me, it's like, 
That's what it's got to be. It's got to be $100. $50 does nothing to move the market, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with you. And Sony's going to be sold out, right? So when yeah. Mom, yep. mom or grandma goes to the, the store and they're buying that present, Xboxes are going to be there and it's a pretty easy sell. It's 100 bucks cheaper. You got that Game Pass thing that you guys are talking about. You're right. That will that will move those units. It's just such a crap marketing angle to say Xboxes are going to sell because its chief competitor is going to be sold out. <laughs> like that's well, it's you can't like their pre-order methodology right now is sign up for an email and maybe we'll let you pre-order yeah, it. Yeah. Like is the, how okay. many shelves? How many store shelves will have a PS5 on them? How many store shelves will have an Xbox Series X on them? It. Manu- the more I think about this, and I'm working through this now, the more I think about it, the more I think manufacturing numbers are really going to account for success during this holiday season. I agree. And, uh, and uh, Xbox uh, seems ready. Sony does not. Yeah. So maybe there's maybe there's that going for them. You know, Game Pass is going for them. The fact that uh, you know, uh, Papa Microsoft gave Phil basically carte blanche to go as low as he needs to within reason. Yeah, um, it's got that going for them as well. It just it doesn't have a Ratchet or a Spider Man or more importantly a Halo. I think you made a sorry. Go, go ahead, on, MC. no please. MC, no, go. I think you made a really great point with the fact of Sony is going to sell out no matter what happens, no matter what the price point is. They're going to sell out. And Destin, you made a great point. It's it's now a units game really because again I don't think we began into stores because of COVID, but the fact that it's on it's there. Like oh I want to buy my boyfriend a present for Christmas. It's there. Uh, he wanted a PlayStation, but maybe he'll like his Xbox. It's there. Like, he's not going to open nothing on Christmas Day. It's there. Just it being there might be enough to sell all of the user- units, and if they produce more than Sony, maybe to kickstart something. Because when your friend's got an Xbox, that means my friend's going to get an Xbox, which you go from there. Not everyone knows about cross-play, which is the new thing coming through. I get it all the time with Call of Duty. It's like, can I play with you? I'm like, yeah, we can play. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is magic. Like, not everybody understands it the way we do. So, yeah, yeah. it's going to be, maybe it is just a case of having more Xbox out there might help. And to, to all of your points, I go back to Peter Moore's old quote uh, when he was the head of, of Xbox. He said, first to 10 million wins. That has <laughs> historically proven out. Uh, Sony obviously got there much faster than Xbox did this generation. The 360 got there uh, before the PS3 did, and you get so everything you guys are saying about about the, the the game situation in the launch window for both consoles, as well as the price point, and that that being we know what the game situation is the the first party exclusive game situation, and it's heavily in in Sony's favor. The price, we don't. That could still end up heavily in Microsoft's favor in in service of that first to 10 million win because to, to MC's point, if, you're, you know, if your buddy gets an Xbox, you're going to be more likely to get an Xbox and vice versa. If they, if they yeah. end up with a PS5, you're going to probably want to <laughs> match there and be in their ecosystem. And uh, Brandon, you and I were talking privately yesterday about about this same topic, about now that Halo's, the the worst case scenario has happened and Halo Mm. is not there this holiday, what does 2021 even look like? Because for all of the super promising first party games that we saw at the July showcase, Fable and Avowed probably being the biggest one and Everwild and... Uh, and and for the reboot of Forza Motorsport and so on and so forth, 
I'm going to go down the list right now. Real quick. Compulsion Games. There was a quote from Matt Booty not not too long before the July showcase. He had said they're very early on in what they're doing. So yep. Compulsion, they're not going to be 2021. The Coalition. Gears has traditionally been on a three-year cycle, which would put them uh, out in 2022 because mm-hmm. Gears 5 just came out last <clears throat> last fall. So there's almost no way Gears 6 is next is anytime uh, in the launch window for Series X. Ninja Theory, of course. Absolutely. Big not. title. Big, no. big title. Hellblade 2, uh, which is you know, that's the Sony style. You know, that's yeah. the third person yeah. cinematic action <laughs> adventure. But that's an Unreal Engine 5 game, and Unreal Engine 5 isn't even supposed to get into developers' hands until 2021 so yes they're developing the game on unreal 4 now but that tells me that uh hellblade 2 probably not going to be out in 2021 let's keep going down the list playground fable again farther out forza horizon 5 probably farther out uh with because my suspicion is i don't know anything but if forza motorsport is being completely redone from the ground up that almost certainly means Forza Tech, their engine technology that's shared between Turn 10 and Playground, is also being completely retooled for Series X, which probably means we will not get a Forza Horizon 5 next year. We'll keep going. Rare. Everwild. Brandon, you and I were talking. This one, we've seen it twice now. July Showcase and XO19. Maybe Everwild is their big fall game next year. Especially because... I don't think that's going to be the huge game that, you know, requires four or five years of development. I think that one's probably a little a little closer. So I don't know may, about that. I mean it seems maybe pretty it seems pretty big, but it also seems like they've been on it for some time. So we'll see about that one. Uh three four three, of course, yes, Halo will hit sometime in twenty twenty one. We're all agreeing we think it's probably the fall. Double fine, yes. Psychonauts two almost certainly out in twenty twenty one probably on the sooner rather than later side because that's been in the works for a long time but psychonauts 2 i wouldn't necessarily call that a a system seller with all due respect uh age of empires is for pc in exile we know they're they they're just they just shipped wasteland 3 like three days ago and their next game which is an unreal engine 5 game obviously going to be way out in the distance uh, the initiative, maybe they surprise us, and they are the big a big fall game next year. They're uh, still hiring, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But exactly. Right. Right. No. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, turn ten, I just talked about, and then Undead Labs. We got the reveal teaser for State of Decay three. Okay, maybe that hits next year, but given that it was just a CG teaser, it's probably not going to be out in say the first half of the year in that launch window. And that's that's basically everybody. So, yeah, Obsidian. it's it. Uh, and then thank you, Obsidian, yeah. with which we talked about. So there are no first party reinforcements coming seemingly in the within the first like six months of this console. Gears Tactics, the console, obviously, we that's only on PC. So I'm guessing yeah, they're going to try and one. treat they're going to treat that like a day one game, right? That's an exclusive they have. And 
that's all. And then all these third party games that they've done deals with. But right. again, even I, I really like some of the third party timed exclusive stuff they've done. I don't love timed exclusive things, but I get it from a business perspective. But none of them really wowed me. Like none of them were like, this is again, like, this is the reason I'm buying this. It's like, oh, man, I really wanted a Capcom exclusive game i thought we were gonna get a new dead rising and we just didn't at the uh third party show in well that video's that, gone unfortunately no i know i know they went but I'm, i was hoping somebody else is working on a uh, cat, uh on a dead rising a dead rising reboot to me yeah would I'm, be I'm amazing gonna, with you on that i'm in the same boat i was hoping for a dragon's dogma since they just yeah, announced some, the animated series but yeah yeah um, i i think you're right though we're gonna see a lot of and i I'm kind of tired of it. To, if I'm being completely honest, I'm tired of the looking at things we've already seen just yeah. slightly better because that was the entire playbook for the one X. Right. So we're probably like, like MC said, we're going to see gears tactics. We'll probably see uh flight sim in that window. Maybe that's true. Uh, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get an Ori for series X. Oh, that's, that's day one. That's the yeah. 120 frames. Yeah. That's yep. coming. Yep. So that's a game that's been out for it'll have been out for almost a year. At again, point. yeah. So this is this I, is the thing. Is like, do you want to play the things that you've already seen, but better and prettier and faster, or do you want to play Spider Man? Like, and I, I'm not saying they're they're one and the the same, right? Like, yeah, I'm not leaving the Xbox ecosystem because it doesn't have Miles Morales. I'm I'm just wishing that I knew more about what's going to occupy those first eight months for me. You know. Yeah, I think I feel like Xbox has always had. I know we need to move on, but I feel like Xbox has always had a this generation anyway an exclusive problem, right? I feel like nothing yeah. was coming out in the pipeline quick enough. Now we just had Battletoads, Tell Me Why, Wasteland uh, Free. It's like, could we not have delayed one of those? Like, I'm, I know none of them were like big, big games, but just something, something to give me a reason to go. That is exclusive to this platform, and that's why I'm playing it. Tell me why I might have done it for me. I've just finished it, and I know you brought it up at the beginning of the show. And I love Don't Nod. I love their games. I, lo I love narrative-driven walking sims. That could have been the game for me. And if it would have had it all there at day one, that might have been at least one. At least one. We, we can't even come up with one that is like, driving us there. So, Destiny 2 on Game Pass. That's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. I, I will say that like as, as much... As much I, I suppose fuel as we're throwing on this fire game pass is huge like game of course nobody can compete with game pass it is great ryan and i were talking about it yesterday we you know everyone has been saying for decades well that might be a little hyperbolic everyone has been saying for a decade uh <laughs> we're we're working on the game the netflix for games the netflix for games nvidia tried it everyone's tried it Redbox. um what was that other service where you got it mailed to you netflix. um Gamefly? Gamefly, Gamefly, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Game Pass did it. They actually, they cracked the code. Like Game Pass is Netflix for games and it's successful and it works. And there's kind of like Netflix every once in a while, there's a real banger on there that you just got to binge watch in a weekend. But yeah. more, more often than not, it's like, I'm just looking for something to watch while I eat dinner or I'm just looking for something to watch while I've got a couple hours of downtime. So Game Pass is hard to argue with and it is a huge seller. They are going to lean into it really hard, but... I don't know that it competes for the core audience, for the moms and the grandmas and the aunts and, you know, the dads and the uncles who are buying stuff for their kids. I think Game Pass is a huge selling point, right? Like a thousand yeah. games right there on the box. You can play 1,000 games right now. Um, 
So, yeah. you know, I, I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom. There's a chance no. because Microsoft has the infrastructure and the ecosystem and it's built for the long haul. Getting in there just has to be as attractive as playing as Spider-Man. And I'm not sure for the launch window that that's th- that that messaging is there. You know what I mean? If you'd have told me as a final point here, if you'd have told me like a year ago that the Xbox One was going to have a, uh, let's just say, larger i won't i won't put a quality judgment on it but a a bigger first party new game launch lineup than the series x would i would never have believed you (laughs) i would never have believed you with uh with halo and it's just like but here yeah as because mc pointed out we had rise we had dead rising we had uh we had a we had a number of things and it's uh it's just unfortunate that the timing of game development to mc's point this this has been a really really good year for Xbox Game yeah. Studios. Yeah, a really good year. We talked about it. I think it was either last week's show or the one before. Uh, you know, they're they've they Ori a nine out of ten game, Flight Sim a ten out of ten game. Uh, you know, Bleeding Edge and Battletoads and Tell Me Why uh, and and a number of others. But <laughs> just the timing of it, twenty twenty one. On the new console where they just need the momentum is looking pretty dry right now until we get to like 2022. So it's, it's, it's Microsoft just, they just, some of the, some of the, the errors are unforced, but some of them just seem like fate just, 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 just frowns upon them. And it's, uh, (laughs) these things seem to happen to them. (laughs) The cursed child. (laughs) All right. Uh, well, we've only got like nine minutes left in the show. Uh, we've got to get moving. So, uh, man, I wanted to talk about 12 Minutes, which had a killer new Gamescom trailer. That's one of the, the premier indie games. Uh, I guess we'll have to we'll have to wait on that. So let me if go. Let me just jump in. If you yeah. are interested in 12 Minutes, we did a really great interview with the director, Luis Antonio, oh, on great. Gamescom Daily. So you can check that out on IGN now. Some cool insights to it. Yeah, that is that is the new indie darling on Xbox, the new Cuphead, the new Inside. Like I, I and I played it. I played it at last year's E3, and it's it looks fantastic. They've got a huge, uh, well, huge. They've got a, a big name voice cast: James McAvoy, uh, Daisy, Daisy Ridley, Ridley. Willem and Dafoe, every, and everyone's favorite Willem Dafoe. Yes. So uh, I was glad to see that game get some attention. All right, loot box. Let's make it quick here. We uh, we have a Yappa question. Uh, Yappa is our is our uh, our new commenting platform. It doesn't replace the comments. It is there in addition to them. You can leave a video comment on articles. So I would love you to send in your loot box questions via Yappa so we can feature you on Podcast Unlocked. Please go to the the podcast article page. So if you just Google IGN Podcast Unlocked four fifty nine, you'll find this episode's page and leave a Yappa comment. You don't have to sign up for anything. You can log in with Discuss, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Google. Uh, and here is a this week's loot box question via Yappa from RedStevo73. Hey, guys. My question is, do you think Age of Empires 4 is going to be making its way to Xbox Series X? And if so... Will it be mouse and keyboard supported? Will it only be controller supported? And would you play it on the console? 
MC, I want to go your way first here. This is uh, Microsoft, of course. We've seen their actual commitment to PC gaming. They said it for years and years, and now they're finally actually doing it. Uh, one of those games, Age of Empires 4. Do you see it coming console side with or without mouse and keyboard support? Yes, but with mouse and keyboard support. I generally feel like that's where they're going to go. Nah, they're going to start labeling things correctly. And we're moving into this weird place with Xbox, right? Like we say, ecosystem. But yeah, I generally do think so. I feel like it's going to come, but it might... It's going to have a good co controller support, but I feel like they're going to have mouse and keyboard support day one for it. Love it. I, I, I hope you're right. I want you to be right very much because that <laughs> age four, like the, if you've seen the trailer from, I think it was XO19, it looked incredible. It looked so good. Destin? Uh, yes to all of his questions. It will have controller support as well as keyboard and mouse, uh, except one of the questions, uh, I'm probably not going to play it. It's just, I've not never played thing. the Age of Vampires series. Um, yeah. I would probably, if I ever did check it out, it would probably be on PC. Brandon, how are you on this one? Uh, I, I agree. I think yes to all. It will have controller support. Look, we already have the knowledge base uh, in the Microsoft sort of team structure uh, of making an RTS work on a controller. We saw that with Halo Wars. Um, we know that they're working with Razer in order to create peripherals. Um, you know, so mouse and keyboard support is is a, a kind of a foregone conclusion there. And um, Am I going to play it? Was that the last one? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to play it, but I'm going to play it on PC because I, I've played every Age of Empires game. I loved RTSs when I was a kid, just like turtling up and letting the horde come at you and just destroying it and smoting them. Um, I, I love it, but uh, that for me, the nostalgia on PC is there, so that's why I'm going to dip into it. Well said. And I'm with you on turtling, by the way. That's how I played both Halo Wars <laughs> games. Yeah. I, you just, I just amass an unstoppable force and then just unleash it upon upon the enemies. It's great. Uh, so thank you, RedStevo73, for that Yappa question. And I hope uh, others of you send in those same uh, format questions so we can see and hear you on next week's episode. Uh, before we go, it is Unlock Block Trivia Time. We got to play this with our special guest, MC Fixer. Brian Easton, whose gamer tag is Aegis001, asks... With Game Pass and Xbox Live figuring heavily in the future of Xbox, it got me thinking about the past of the service. So my question is, what game did Microsoft use to first demonstrate Xbox Live at E3? Uh, now, Fixer, I know you said you the 360 was your first Xbox console, and we're going back to the OG Xbox years here. Yeah. But take, a, take a guess at worst. I, uh, ha having lived through that era... <laughs> at OXM, I I would have narrowed this down, but I'm not sure I would have gotten it right. So the first E3 demo, stage demo of Xbox Live, was it with Mech Assault, NFL Fever 2003, Unreal Championship, or Revolt? And I will go to our special guest, MC Fixer, first. I'm between B and C, so Unreal Championship or NFL Fever 2013. <sighs> My heart is telling me NFL. My heart is telling me NFL, and I go with my heart. It's definitely going to be wrong, but I'm going with B. Lock me in. Lock me in. <laughs> All right. You think uh, going with the, the mass market appeal of an NFL yes. football game to demonstrate online gaming on a on the then <sighs> brand new Xbox Live high-speed internet gaming network. Back in those dial-up days when you had to have a broadband connection to get on Xbox Live, and that That's was right. not an, a normal thing. 
Brandon Tyrell, any thoughts? Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually don't know this one. Um, I, I don't know how they demoed it. I do know that I had Mech Assault on the Xbox. And uh, when it was just coming out, when uh, Xbox Live was the first thing, I don't know if you guys, the, the, the older folks in here like me, uh, do you remember the disc where you would put it in and there was just like that dude, his name was Craig or something, and he's like teaching you how to play Xbox Live. And he's like, oh, you can change your voice to sound like the Grim Reaper or a robot. Get pwned, bro. Like I remember that whole thing. Like I, I worked at a, a restaurant as a waiter and I would get off shift and come home and just play Mecha Salt for like five hours straight. So I'm going to go with Mechasalt. I don't know if it's right, but that's that's where I'm ending. Destin, where are you with this? A Mechasalt. Okay. No! So two Mechasalts no! and an NFL fever. <laughs> well, uh, MC Fixer, you know, I, w- I want our guests to feel good about the time that they've spent with us. <laughs> and I want them to be, uh, to feel like they've, they've, they've accomplished it. Um, you were leading between... B and C, you went with your heart, oh, I believe you said. No. Maha, maha. And you went with your heart. Was was would C have been going with your your brain versus your heart? Was there? A I'm not sure. I have here? one of those, so I'm not going. I'm not going to say that. Um, it just yeah. Good. Well, C, wasn't it? The heart often leads us in the, down the right path in our lives. You got me sometimes, here. Sometimes it leads us astray. It was Unreal Championship. No. They demoed Unreal Championship, uh, which was, of course, a port of Unreal Tournament 2003 for the PC. But it played really well. That game was super fun on Xbox. So I'm afraid nobody got it right this week. So Brian Easton, Brian Easton, bad. good job stumping the entire panel. Uh, if any of you listeners out there want to send in an Xbox trivia question and try to stump everybody, as Brian did please email it to unlocked at IGN.com and include your question for multiple choice answers and note the correct answer in your email. Thank you very much. Before we go, let's uh, just say goodbye to everybody, do some plugs. Fixer, But I want to say uh, it was an absolute delight having you here. Thank you for making the time. Uh, I, I love chatting. You are, you're great. I mean, you are absolutely coming back again. Uh, thank you so much for coming. And, and again, let's remind everybody, please, about everywhere that we can watch you and follow you and see what you're up to. Again, just quickly, thank you so much for having me, all of you. This has been a dream come true to be here. It is a long time coming, and this was, like I say, bucket list moment. So thank you so, so much. Uh, you can find me everywhere at MC Fixer. I'm live on Twitch all of the time. So just go find me there. I try and do eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. So if you're in the uh, GMT slash BST time zone, you'll be able to see me. Other than that, go check out my Xbox podcast, my Xbox and me on all podcast services. Thank you so much for having me. How do you find time to do my Xbox and me with your streaming schedule? Do you do it on the weekends? So I do eight hours in the no. I've got a very again, crush is amazing. So I do eight hours in the morning and then I'll come off, do dinner for me and my fiance. Actually, she does the dinner. I just eat it. And then um I go and strip podcast in the evening, do an hour or two there, then edit it all and get out. Impressive. That is, yeah, that is you must sleep well. You've got you've got to just hit the pillow hard yes. every night. <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you so much again for being here. Destin Legary. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary, and uh, that's it. That's all I got to plug. Brilliant. Brandon? <laughs> yeah, same. You can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary, and uh, <laughs> that's it. 
You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. The only thing I want to mention this week is the same thing I mentioned last week. IGN Unfiltered, my personal passion project here at IGN. Jeff Keeley is my guest for uh, the most recent episode. So uh, we've I've known Jeff for many years. We had a really great conversation. I would encourage you to check that out on IGN, on YouTube, or on your favorite podcast service. So for Brandon Tyrell as well as Destin Legary and our amazing guest, MC Fixer. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Podcast Unlocked 459, and we'll see you again next week. Maybe we'll get an Xbox price and release date. Maybe. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.